And we wanted to thank today's sponsors brought to you by Anchor.fm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's completely no charge. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, where it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and many more. Guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast. Honestly, it just takes for you to really get started. Go ahead and download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm and look forward to seeing you create your show. Yes. This is an Addicted to Success podcast. Welcome to the How to Be a Grown-Up podcast. My name is Eric Andrus, and this is my show. I'm an educator, a family man, a fitness lover, and a guy that's just dedicated to helping you live your best life. The goal of my podcast is to share inspiring stories from the most brilliant minds in education, world-class athletes, and influential individuals on the planet to help young people find out what makes great people great. So whether you're a student in my classroom, a scholar from around the country, or just someone who's a kid at heart, get ready for cutting-edge, non-run-of-the-mill content to help you be the best grown-up you can be. So without further ado, let's learn how to be a grown-up. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, ladies and gentlemen, whenever you are joining me. I'm so absolutely thankful that you are here. I am so grateful that you and I can connect and commune on these higher ideas. And as I'm walking around my snow-covered South Minneapolis neighborhood on my evening stroll here, I am humbly blessed that you would take the time out of your busy day out of your busy schedule to listen. As always, my name is Eric Andrus, and this is the How to Be a Grown-Up Podcast, the show that I created for you, my powerful young men, my powerful young women, my amazing young scholars, to help you remember and realize that you've got a birthright to be happy, to be healthy, and to live absolutely extraordinary lives. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I have a treat for you. Today, guys, I am so excited to bring you the words, the wisdom, the compassion, the knowledge, the actionable information brought by the mastermind of the Be Somebody movement, Cash Shake. This dude is the real deal. He is a renaissance man in every sense of the word. He is an entrepreneur. He is a guy that helps young entrepreneurs around the country find their own version of success. He is a business owner. He is a dynamic speaker. He is so much more. And I am so excited for you to get a chance to know him over the course of our conversation. But here at the top of our podcast, I wanted to take a minute and talk to you about why I was so interested in having him on this show. Look, there's a lot of things that I love, ladies and gents, about teaching. There's a lot of things that I love 
But there's one thing that breaks my heart, that breaks my heart like clockwork every single year. On one of those first days in September, as my young scholars walk into my classroom for the very first time, and they sit down at those newly polished desks, at those newly clean communal tables, I see in their eyes the same thing. Over and over again, I see the pain, the hurt, and the heartbreak, the obstacles that they have hit and stopped at from years past, from classes past, from instructors or teachers past. I see the weight of that pain resting on their shoulders as they get ready to feel depressed again, as they get ready to feel oppressed again. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to hit two points here for you. My first point is this. One, you got to let you got to stop letting people rob you of your greatness. You got to stop letting people rob you of your greatness. I've said this before on the podcast and I'm going to say it again right here right now. You have never happened before in the history of humankind. What I mean by that is this. You are a unique combination of molecules, feelings, hopes, dreams, passions, and talents that has never been seen before. You, by the mere fact that you are awake, alive, breathing with your heart beating in your chest, that means that you are a person of worth. That means that you are unique. That means that you are new. That means that you are special. Stop letting people rob you of your greatness. Understand that those passions and those talents that you have, those ones that you love, those ones that you embrace, those are valuable. The lie that you've been fed over and over again by teachers, by by adults, by instructors, by well-meaning individuals in your life, that there's only one path that you can take for financial, for relational success in your life, that's simply not true. You can make money off of your passions. You can make money off of your skills. You can make money off of your talents. So chase them. Secondly, secondly, I need you to understand that now is your time. You need to fight for that. Schools do a lot of things well, but we spoil you. We spoil you and we lie to you. We get you convinced that there is always gonna be someone there to beg you to succeed. There's always gonna be someone there to say, hey, you need to pass that class. Hey, you need to get to your obligation on time. Hey, you need to do this work. Ladies and gentlemen, that's simply not how the world works. That's not how work works. That's not how relationships work. That's not how romantic relationships work. That's how nothing works. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, that this is your time to wake up in the morning and win. This is your time to go into beast mode. This is your time to live as a lion. This is your time to stop being the prey and start adopting the mantle of the predator. You are great. Stop settling for good. You are great. Stop telling yourself that your weakness defines you. Stop telling yourself that the labels that other people place upon you define your ability to get down and develop a solid work ethic. You are a person of power. You are a person of potential. You are a person of worth. Stop speaking death in your life. Start speaking light. Start, start, start speaking on a daily basis positively to yourself. 
Start telling yourself that you're a fighter. Start telling yourself that you're a warrior. Start telling yourself that you are more than your circumstances. You are a person that is capable of rising above. You are a person of finding that, that is capable of finding that relationship. You are a person that's capable of getting those last few credits, getting those last few passing grades, and getting your degree. You are a person that's capable of moving through your college career with poise and sophistication and intellectualism. You are a person that is capable of bringing your best self to your boyfriend, to your girlfriend, to your husband, to your wife. Stop speaking death and start speaking light and life into your life. So understand, ladies and gentlemen, it is on you to not let people rob you of your greatness. It is on you to fight for that greatness. So over the course of my conversation with Cash, I want you to ask yourself that. Am I fighting for what makes me great? All right, ladies and gents, just a little bit of housekeeping here. Just a little bit of housekeeping. I love doing this podcast. It is a labor of love for me. But one of the things that I really want to do, one of the dreams that I have for this podcast is to bring these messages of these wonderful interviewees to more people in need. So tell people about us. Tell your brothers, your sisters, your friends, that teenager in your life that needs to hear more positivity. Tell them to download this. It's free. Secondly, if you or someone you know is making a positive change in this world, doggone it, I want to hear from you. Email me at howtobeagrownuppodcast at gmail.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's talk to Cash Shake and learn how to be a grown-up. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the How to Be a Grown-Up podcast. My name's Eric Anders, and I created this show for you, my wonderful students, to help you understand that you've got a birthright to be happy, to be healthy, and to live absolutely extraordinary lives. Today, guys, I have a special treat for you. Today, I have the profound privilege and humble honor of having Cash Shake on the show today. Cash once began one of his interviews with the following quote from the artist Michelangelo. I saw the artist in the marvel and carved until I set him free. That quote, ladies and gents, exemplifies the difficult and ultimately beautiful journey that Cash has directed for himself. Having worked at Procter & Gamble and GoPro, two well-known and established entities, he made the seismic life shift that few of us would have had the courage to undertake. In 2013, Cash removed himself from that corporate life and established the Be Somebody movement. That's now responsible for reaching and inspiring 5 million people a month to bring their ardent passion to their everyday. This movement has also now spawned the Be Somebody Learning Paths. This is a non-traditional educational outlet with guaranteed job placement for its graduates that aims to fix the things that post-secondary education has either been unwilling or unable to rectify. Look, ladies and gents, Cash is a powerful, ambition-driven, and amazing testament to what a person can accomplish when they align when they're with their true purpose in this universe. Again, it is my humble and my profound honor to welcome such a positive agent for change to this show today. Cash, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thanks so much, Eric. It's a pleasure to be here. I love what you're doing, and, and uh, really excited to share with you and 
and your community. Oh, thanks so much. You know, this intro leads me into my first question. You know, if I was one of my young people listening to this show and I was hearing all of the amazing things that you have already accomplished in your life and all the amazing things that I'm sure you're going to accomplish down the road here, I might say to myself as a young person, I have no idea how to pin down exactly what Cash does. So, Cash, when you're out and about and you're meeting someone new at a party and they say, Cash, what do you do for a living or what do you do every day? How exactly do you define your job? Oh, man, great question. Great question. Well, I always say, you know, everything starts with with your vision. You know, everything starts with that vision you have for yourself and 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 the purpose that you have for your life and. And then the passion that you have that you want to bring bring to light and, and give to the world, the passion that you want to gift to the world. And for me, you know, my vision has always been to bring people together in a way that uh, helps them become the, their best selves. You know, and, and I've been trying to do that. Um, it's it's kind of been on the periphery for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Through high school, through college, even through my, my life in the, in the corporate world was just always trying to bring people together, trying to push people to be their best and um, be somebody's kind of become the the manifestation of that, and 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 our mission at Be Somebody is just to help people live their passion in whatever way, uh, whatever means necessary, whatever way possible. So for me, um, obviously, like you talked about, our learning paths are a huge, huge focus and a huge passion area of mine because I really believe that to to help people live their passion, um, you really got to focus on education and employment because um, learning is such a huge part of enabling people to do what they love you know getting better getting better at that thing that's always um, on their mind or that 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 part of life that's always calling their name you know that that thing that they always want to do you got to get better at it you got to learn you got to surround yourself with experts and people who can help you and teach you and mentor you to get better and then the employment piece is is critical because you gotta you gotta make a living, you know. You yeah. gotta you gotta pay the bills. You need, you know, and, and you know, for better or for worse in the world we live in, you gotta be able to make money to be able to survive and support yourself and your family. So I always, you know, my my focus every day is about how can I help people not only do what they love, but hopefully make some money and make a living doing it. <clears throat> and the learning paths is is a big. Uh, core focus for us, and and when I when I do that work, that part of my day, which is probably 50, 60 percent of my day, it's working with employers, meeting with big companies, um, you know, Fortune 500 companies or emerging startups, talking to them about um, their job openings, about the skills that are needed to to perform well at those open jobs, and then trying to to see how we can help create. A new path for people to to access those jobs, new training programs and 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 curriculums that are non-traditional, basically that that would replace traditional forms of education, yeah. um, so that they could get those jobs. So I spend so much time trying to talk within the industry to uh, make that change because I know I mean I talked to I spoke at nearly 200 schools now across the world at high schools and colleges, and the biggest thing people say is is you know what. Um, I don't know if this traditional path is right for me, but the problem yeah. is every employer requires a four-year degree. Um, and what we're trying to do is, is is have employers shift their focus from the kind of legacy requirement of a four-year degree and instead focus on skills and experience and passion. And if we can create an alternative, 
that meets those three criteria, then we've got something pretty exciting because we can save people a ton of money, a ton of time, and get them focused on a path that will get them a job, which is what a lot of people want. So most of my time every day is focused on building that out. We've got a couple big pilots going, so we're, we're recruiting candidates for specific paths right now. It's an exciting time with that. And then the other kind of 40% of my day is doing everything else that I can to help people yeah. with their passion. So, so that's creating content, you know, creating social media content, whether it's, um, you know, inspirational videos, writing as part of our, our advice column on our site, you know, writing my personal blog, social media, always engaging with our community. We have, um, you know, a, a big community event kind of wing to our company where we do events across the country all the time, bringing people together. Um, so I focus a lot on that, either um, planning our strategic kind of rollout of those events or bringing on partners to help us with that. Um, so and then, you know, like today, I just spent the last couple hours meeting with young entrepreneurs who have ideas that they want to you know, bring out into the world and just kind of helping to mentor and help them as much as I can. Um, so my day is pretty much focused on doing, you know, doing whatever I can to help people live their passion. Obviously, I, I'm trying to build a company as well. So yeah. hope, hopefully the big, uh, the big portion of my day is, is, is building that, building out these learning paths so that we have a business that works for us, but more importantly, helps a lot of people. But all the other stuff is just filled in with that, that it's still connected to that same mission and that same vision. Um, and, there, and what's crazy for me is ever since I've kind of made the leap into this world would be somebody, uh, you know, it's exciting because I never know, you know, the days are always different. Things are always uh, popping up. There's new challenges every day. But I know that my focus will never changes from one day to the next. It's always I want to build something that helps people live their passion, you know, and that's what keeps me kind of focused and it keeps me driven. That is so amazing and powerfully put. And if you don't mind, I want to take a moment here for our listeners to just highlight something that you said. Ladies and gentlemen listening at home, there's two things that I want to talk about that Cass just said. One, understand that those passions, those creative talents, those interests that you have are vital. They are... Pardon me, I'm getting a little sick. Uh, they are vital, they are important, and I understand that throughout your educational career, you've had a lot of that beaten out of you. You've been told that because you're a round peg trying to fit into a square hole, that you aren't valuable or worthwhile, but I'm telling you that cash is a walking example that by aligning with your true purpose in this universe, you can be successful. Secondly, understand, ladies and gentlemen, and I know that I beat this drum over and over and over again in our classroom, but when you leave other people with a feeling of increase in business or in your day-to-day -day life, that is when you will see results come back to you tenfold. Yes, you can make money doing something negative. Yes, you can make money doing something neutral. But wouldn't you rather be on the same path that a person like Cash is on that is using his opportunity and power and influence to bring people together? We have enough darkness and tension in our country right now. Why not look at people that from all different walks of life and say, I see something great in you, I see possibility, I see worth, and I see the opportunity to benefit, benefit us both. So Cash, thank you for highlighting both of those things. Oh, definitely. I think it's so well said, Eric. And, you know, the thing with that is it's so important is that there's nothing more contagious than the energy of those around you. You know, who you surround yourself with 
is so critical to where you end up and where you go in life. You know, whether you succeed or fail on whatever whatever mission that you're on, whatever you want to do, is so is so directly correlated to who you hang out with and and who you talk to and who you spend your your, your time with. And I, and I think that's something that it's so simple, but people so often forget, you know, yeah. if you're with people that are doing negative things or if you're people who are always kind of down in the dumps, if you're with people who, who, who don't have that energy or work ethic that's necessary to, to make things happen, you're going to be in that same boat, you know, and I think the, the soon, but as you make a shift in your own mind to say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to put everything I have into this positive, passionate pursuit of mine. And I'm going to make sure that the only people that I surround myself with, you know, are people that actually fuel that, you know, because there's only really, I mean, if you break, there's only two types of people in this world, those that bring you up and those that bring you down, Yeah. you know, and you got to go all in on that group that brings you up. And, and, and sometimes you can't control it. You know, I, I've gone through this myself. You might have family members, friends, you know, close colleagues that, that aren't, you know, classmates, that aren't in that same kind of positive lane as you are. And sometimes it's hard to kind of uh, break away. Um, and the times that you can, you should, the times yeah. that you can't, the times that you can't, you have to be able to compartmentalize and realize, you know, um, this person may be saying this, but it's because they're not, uh, they're, they're not thinking in the same way as me. You know, they, they may have a negative outlook on, on, on life or whatever it is. And you, you can't let that affect you, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to backtrack here for a minute. One of the things that I love to bring to the young people that listen to my show is the superhero origin stories, if you will, of inspiring, awesome entrepreneurs like yourself. So I'd love to know, where did this spark begin for you to want to start to draw people together? You had mentioned before that it started as early as high school. Was there an instance or a scenario or maybe even the way that you were raised that instilled this value in you? Um, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> hello. Yeah, I'm here, man. Oh, sorry. Um, I think someone's calling me right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for me, like I said, ever, ever since I was, you know, young, I always was excited about bringing people together, yeah. you know, and, and like um, there's something about bringing diverse people together uh, uh, that, that always excited me. And, and when I was in college, for example, um, I founded a fraternity, which was the first South Asian fraternity in the world. Wow. Um, because, uh, you know, my parents, my dad was born in India. My mom was raised in Turkey. Um, I went to college and I didn't see a lot of people. I didn't see any, a lot of organizations with people that had similar backgrounds. I was born in Texas, but, you know, I saw, I saw that, you know, there wasn't like a South Asian type of group. I saw sure. fraternities kind of having a, a similar, you know, a certain type of makeup. And I was like, you know what, I want to create something um, that brings these types of people together and then use use that as an opportunity to meet more, uh, you know, more interesting people, more diverse people. So that was, and that, that was kind of the beginning for me of like early, early in college. And then that felt good, you know, it felt good bringing people together to do good things and, and positive things. And, and it kind of became um, a hallmark of my life. And I was blessed at Procter & Gamble. Most of my work was doing social uh, marketing, cause marketing. Sure. Um, so my, my task on the brands I worked on, I used to lead 
uh, marketing for the Tide brand, for example. And what I would, my focus was doing things that could help people that also help help the company. So, um, you know, I created the program called Tide Loads of Hope, which was uh, right after Katrina, because what we saw after Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, um, after that that disaster, that you know, right after you know, um, safety and medicine and food, what people needed next was clean clothes. Yeah. People didn't, re- people didn't realize that for weeks at a time in New Orleans, people were sleeping and, and living in the same clothes. And that, that feeling of, uh, of kind of feeling dirty and kind of in the same clothes really brought people's spirits down. It, it was depressing for a lot of people. And, it, and I said, man, we, we have a, we're a detergent company. We have, we have resources. Why don't we create something where we can, um, help these people, give them some clean clothes to renew that sense of hope that they have. Yeah. And, uh, and that, and that's what we did. We created a program called tide loads of hope. We literally retrofitted a uh, old Budweiser beer truck. We put 32 washers and dryers in there and we drove down to new Orleans. We parked it, um, parked right in front of the Superdome and we washed clothes for free and we washed and dried clothes that people brought in and we packaged them in little brown paper bags with the red ribbon, um, to tie it like a gift and, get, and gave it back to them. And it was so amazing to see what that little gesture did for these people, you know, yeah. how excited they were, how thankful, how grateful they were, that that small, diff- that small thing made a big difference for those people in those times of need. And, 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 all, and that, that inspired me, you know, that really inspired me to want to do more because, you know, I was telling some the other day, Doing good and helping people, it, it's it's actually an, an addictive thing, you know. Oh, like yeah. There's, there's 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 kind of I mean, if you think about even what you're doing, like there's negative addictions, right? Like obviously drugs, alcohol, a lot of different types of things that could be negative. But what's what's kind of crazy is that helping people is is an addiction too because you oh, feel yeah. so so good, you know. It's a different. It's like this this positive drug that you're like, man. You're doing this, and you're doing this because not only you're helping someone, but it actually makes you feel good to do it too. So, I started kind of getting kind of infected by that by that addiction of of wanting of how it felt, how I felt helping people. You know, absolutely. And, and it became kind of a something that I focused on. And then I, I came to a crossroads in my life. It was it was 2009. I had just turned 30. Uh, I was going through a pretty tough breakup at the time, and I started to wonder like what my purpose was in life, you know, and what my, what my passion was. I'd been working for seven years, eight years. Um, I was really blessed with the opportunities I had at Procter and Gamble, but I felt like there was more to my life. I felt like this wasn't my true purpose. I wasn't born to sell deodorant and detergent. You sure. Know? And, and like. Even though I was helping people in these these programs, I felt like there was more to do for me. And I started to wonder about it and write about it. And, and that's when I really started to to really see and, and experience and believe that as soon as you start to focus your heart and your mind and your soul and your spirit on your passions, the universe starts to open up doors and unlock windows you never thought possible. Absolutely. And, and, and the first door that opened up for me was Procter & Gamble ended up creating a role for me to lead marketing in developing countries. Wow. And and developing countries at this time was all, at uh, that time was all South America, Africa, Asia, the Middle East, uh, Eastern Europe. Um, so I was on the road about 80% of the time from 2009 to 2011 internationally in some of the poorest countries in the world. 
you know, literally uh, in, in the barangays in Manila, where the average yearly income was about $100 a wow. year. Wow. Um, I, was, I, I visited some of the poorest favelas in, uh, in Brazil, right outside of Rio de Janeiro. I, I went to Mexico City and, and worked with people down there. And I was really, my job was to understand this low-income consumer. Um, and obviously, for P&G, was to understand how we could sell them detergent, how we could learn about them. But the, the personal side of it really started to really um, open my eyes. I started to really understand and meet these people. And I started to get so inspired by what I was learning from these different people and these different cultures. You know, I started to kind of learn what I believe are some of the universal truths of life. Like there's no uh, correlation between money and happiness, you know, yeah. because some of the poorest people that I met were some of the happiest people that I met. You know, That's that true. there's that I, I learned that we're all more similar than we are different because um, even though we're told so many things to try to keep us apart, whether it's our, our, our race, our religion, our backgrounds, at the end of the day, everybody in all these countries I visited, all these cultures, they had the same dreams, you know, of happiness and health for, for themselves, their families, their own passions, you know, um, learning, having a life that they felt great about. And they got so inspired by that that I started writing about it, you know, and, and writing is kind of my purest passion. And at that time, I would write about it and I would post it on social media, mostly on Twitter at the time. And I would always use every time I told a story about somebody that I met, I'd always end it with hashtag be somebody because yeah. be somebody was this kind of personal mantra of mine. It still is that I use to kind of push myself, inspire myself and my friends to kind of really get off our butts and go do what we really wanted to do. No excuses, no, no regrets, um, you know do what we, what we always been wanting to do and push ourselves to do it. And I felt, and really kind of chased that big dream that we had. And I felt like all these people all around the world were doing that and it was inspiring. And, and that, and soon as I started posting like that, um, people started messaging me and be like, man, Cash, these, these stories are awesome. Your pictures, I love reading about what your travels, you should create a marketing blog or maybe a travel blog to tell all these stories. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna create the Be Somebody blog. And it's just going to be about these kind of real and raw stories and feelings and emotions that I'm feeling and that people all around the world are feeling as they're trying to, you know, figure out what their purpose is, do what they love, follow their passion. Um, and that's what I did. And, and on January 11, 2011, 1-11-11, um, I created the Be Somebody blog, the most kind of basic, uh, you know, non uh, non-designed, like un unbeautiful site you could imagine. It was, black, <laughs> it, was, it was black and white typewriter font, no, no photos, just, just writing and stories, um, for these people all around the world and, 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 and what I was experiencing while traveling. And, and then I started to get a, a bit of a following from it and everything kind of grew from there, um, from that initial kind of following to, uh, you know, growing from a few hundred to, tens of thousands of readers and kind of growing until what, where we are today. So um, it was always this kind of given, you know, back and forth and give and take between me making that first step to do something for others, but then getting so much fulfillment out of it that it fueled me to do even more because it felt good to do it, you know? I do, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's exactly, you know, probably a lot of what, why you're doing what you're doing because you're, you're making such a big difference. But when you see that difference um, and you see that you can help somebody, even if you can help one person, 
it makes it worth it. Oh, it a hundred percent does. And as you said, part of it's kind of selfish as well. It's it's this addictive drug of. I really enjoy helping people feel better about themselves. It's my purpose as an educator. It's my purpose as a podcaster. I, I love it. You know, I, I have a couple more questions here for you, but first I just want to take a moment and acknowledge you and say two words to you that I'm sure you don't hear nearly enough, and that's from the bottom of my heart, a humble thank you. I first came across your work uh, when in a random picture on the Onnit Company blog, I saw Aubrey Marcus uh, wearing a Be Somebody t-shirt. And I was I was so intrigued by the phrase that I started Googling it and came across your company when it was just completely floored that there was somebody out there making this kind of positive change in the world. And that's when I started following you on social media and seeing the gifts that you were giving to the world. So I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you and acknowledge you for the inspirational gifts that you've given my life, the uh, the work of yours that I've shared with my students, and the gifts that you've given the world. Thank you for who you are and for what you do uh thank you so much i really appreciate it, eric it means a whole lot especially coming from someone who's doing great work like you and um you know uh like i said that that's the whole reason we we're, we do what we do and it, it's funny you know i just was meeting with the, some investors last week um because it was one of the the toughest it seemed like the right decision at the time and now i know it is it was but during the building of it, the decision that I made to basically take Be Somebody as this side project of um, kind of awesome, pure community and turn it into a company um, where we were still working to help people. But then there was like a, a business element to it. Right. Uh, yeah. You had to, you, you know, you're taking on money. You're trying to trying to drive revenue. You're trying to do all these things that like businesses do. There came a time where I was like was that the right decision? Because um, now I have these different kind of deliverables and goals that I need to make that aren't, they didn't feel as pure to me as it did in the quote early days when I was sure. just kind of, when I was trying to just help people. And I really, honestly, I felt, I felt a mix of emotions with that. I felt confused about it. I felt guilty at times. I felt kind of like, uh, uh, you know, always questioning whether the right balance of business versus help pure helping until I finally got to a place of, to understand of like, you know what, I understand what drives me. And for me personally, making the most money possible has never driven me. Yeah. Um, I've, I've always been successful. You know, I, I, I've had a job since I was 14 and I worked all the way through college. I was always like, you know, one of the hardest workers in the room and that's helped me in life. Um, and to be quite honest with you, when I was growing up, I was trying to make the most money I could. Like sure. my my goal was to make as much money as possible. And but what I realized in my in my career is that I was chasing the wrong thing yeah. because money, you know, at the point when I gave up my corporate career to go do be somebody, I was actually making the most money I ever had in my life. But I but I'll tell you, I wasn't happy. I was yeah. I was I was heavy, you know. I felt heavy because I knew that I wasn't doing what I wanted to do and no amount of money could have helped me get rid of that heaviness, you know? Yeah. I, I remember when I was working at GoPro, which was a great company, but it really wasn't what I wanted to be focusing all my time on at the time. I lived on the 17th floor of the Infinity Building 
in San Francisco, right on uh, Main and Folsom, a block away from the Embarcadero, which is right where the Bay Bridge is. Beautiful view of the Bay Bridge in San Francisco. And, you know, I had this great apartment, like floor to ceiling windows. And uh, it was what I thought I always wanted, but I wasn't happy, you know. Yeah. And, I re- and I remember every morning when I would get up, get dressed, get into the elevator, hit the down button to go from the 17th floor down to the parking garage on the basement. I literally felt with every beep of that elevator from floor down the floor down the floor, I, I literally felt that heaviness getting so much heavier and heavier and heavier to when I finally sat in my car to, to start it up and go to work, I felt like I couldn't breathe, you know, yeah. because I felt like there was something in me that was being uh, uh, kind of, that w- there was something in me that, w- that I wasn't enabling to come out, you know, I felt like I had a trapped tiger inside me, you know, yeah, and and, and I really wanted to unleash it, and uh, so when I when I decided to to leave that, I, I I told myself that you know, I wrote actually a blog post that was called "Price of a Dream," and it was almost like my own kind of like diary to myself about like what I knew I would have to give up, and it said it was basically was like um, keep your cash. I want change. Forget the money. I want meaning. And, yeah. and that became kind of a mantra in my life. And that's what inspired me to keep kind of going and, and building Be Somebody through the tough times where I had to give up quite a bit. You know, I went went from, you know, uh, sleeping in that awesome condo to sleeping in my van. You know, I, <laughs> I, I went from, you know, basically had to sell every piece of furniture I ever owned to keep the company afloat. I had to do a lot of things I never really was totally – I never was ready for it, couldn't have imagined, but I stayed true and I've stayed true to what I've always wanted to do. And to circle back to that investor conversation, what I told told them is that, you know, I believe money is a symptom, not a purpose. Sure. You know, and and you know, it's a tool. So like the more it, it be it's it's something that, that's important because you gotta be able to make money doing, you know, to make a living. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if that's your sole driver, you're not you're never going to succeed. You know, you're not yeah. you're not going to be able to get your most out of yourself if the only thing that drives you is the monetary aspect, because you can never it's like you can never have enough money. Right. You, you can never have enough money. You can never have like the the, the prettiest girlfriend or the ha- most handsome husband. Like it's never ending. All those superficial things, they're never ending. But if you have something that you believe in, that becomes your foundation, you know. And if you can find a way to to monetize that and by staying true to that, that's the magic, right? That's like what everybody dreams of. Oh, and, absolutely. You know, so so my whole thing at this whole time has been this this struggle, which I finally feel like you know six years later that I feel really good about the place we're in of of how can I stay true to the that that early vision but also build a business around it. And I think um, we're, we're on the right path now, and no pun intended with our yeah. learning path, because, because we're enabling that, you know? Oh, absolutely. Powerfully and amazingly put. And ladies and gentlemen listening at home, I want you to hear what Cash had said. Understand that when you have people around you telling you that your dream isn't worthwhile or that there's challenges ahead, even well-meaning people, that doesn't mean that your dream isn't worthwhile. You are a person of worth and so are your dreams. You need to understand that you can believe in yourself and all that's within you. Know that inside you, 
is something that's greater than any obstacle, any friction, any heartbreak, any roadblock, any financial or relational problem that will come your way. You are a, a being of infinite possibility that is just waiting to be unlocked. You are not defined by the labels that have been placed on you. You are not defined by a previous jail sentence. You are not defined by a substance abuse issue. You are not defined by any label that any psychologist has called you. You are a person with unique gift skills and talents. You are a person that needs to be in this world. If Cash had given up, if Cash had let go of his dream and said, you know what, uh, the floor to ceiling windows are probably great and other people are probably right, this is what I should settle with, he wouldn't have made the global positive effect that he has today. You have that within you as well. Of the 7.2 billion people in this world, there is nobody in the history of humankind that has ever been quite like you. And there never will be again. And that means you have an obligation to get out there and be amazing. <clears throat> so, Cash, right. thank you for highlighting that. Yeah, I think, you know, great, great, great stuff, Eric. I mean, one thing that came to mind as you were sharing that is, you know, the honest truth is most people are going to tell you that you're not good enough. Yeah. You know, I mean, most people are going to tell you that you can't do it. They're going to tell you all the reasons why something is impossible. You know, they'll say if you want to start a, a new business, they'll say, well, you know that most small businesses fail. Right. Or, you know, I can't tell you how many times, Eric, when I was trying to start my idea, everyone's like, well, nine out of ten startups fail within the first year. And in my head, I was like, well, what about the one that does it? Yeah. You know. What about the one that doesn't? What about those that do succeed? And what I realize is that people often project their own fears and insecurities onto you, right? Yeah. Because unfortunately, if they don't believe in themselves, there's no way that they're going to believe in you. Or if they see you believing, sometimes it pulls out their own, you know, insecurities and, and almost jealousy at times, right? Oh, because, yeah. because all of us, we're all a mirror for each other. You know, when you see someone doing it, if you're if you're right inside, there's never anyone that's really been a positive person that's going after it, pursuing greatness, pursuing their best, that's a hater, you know? Yeah, yeah like there's absolutely. No, there's no one. The people that are actually going for it, they don't hate on anybody else because they know what it takes. They, they applaud someone else, you know? A perfect example is if you're driving down the street with two people in a car, right? You're driving, you got a person in the back right behind you and a person in the passenger seat. And you see somebody who's, you know, probably 50, 100 pounds overweight running down the street, right? You, you could have one person in your car say, oh my God, look at that big guy. Look at him, huh? look at him running. You know, he's too big, he shouldn't be running. Huh? Go get back inside, you know? And then you've got another guy that's that's looking at him like, damn, look at that guy. Yeah. You know, he's he's a hundred pounds overweight, and he's still getting up and running down the street. Like I I was sitting here here in this car because I didn't want to, you know, I, I wanted to ride a, a mile, and they've got this guy that's two hundred pounds heavier than me, putting one foot in front of the other, trying to get in shape. And I and and I'm inspired by that. You Absolutely, know? man. And, and like it's just it's how we look at things. And if we if we enable ourselves to be that person that sees what people are doing, we don't hate on people. We get inspired by it. You know. But Absolutely. most people most people are going to tell you all the reasons that you can't do it. And you know, I, I was just sharing with someone the other day that 
oftentimes the best advice and the only advice I can give people when you hear all that is just don't listen, yeah. you know, don't listen because the, the smartest thing that you can start to do is, is, is realize and understand who you take your advice from and who you choose to listen to, you know, all the negativity, all the naysayers, all the people that say that you, you're not good enough, you can't do it, you're not, you're not smart enough, all these things, or you have a checkered past, so you'll never make it. Those are the people you don't listen to, right? Yeah. Um, and the people that you do advice, I would say there's only three types of people to take advice from, right? The people, uh, number one, people who have done what you're trying to do before, you know, people who've built what you're trying to build, whether it's, you know, become a global phenomenon podcaster, whether it's, you know, start a business, whether it's, you know, do lead a volunteer project, whether it's go to college, whatever it is, those types of people who've done what you're trying to do before, those are great people to listen to. The second type of people are people who are in the trenches with you. Those are people that are fighting with you every day, your teachers, people, your, your, your teammates that are there helping you, you know, fulfill whatever dream you have, trying to push you towards that goal that you have. Those, those are the people that you should literally, uh, you should respect and take advice from because they're in there with you every day, you know. Absolutely. And then, and, and then the last group are, are people who love you unconditionally. And, and you know, for most of us, that's, you know, we're, we're blessed and lucky if that's, two or three people in the yeah. world that, you know, that love us unconditionally. Like, you know, like, like my, like my mother, I'm so, so lucky and blessed that, you know, my mom, she may not understand everything we're doing. She thought I was crazy when I, when I started this whole journey, but I listened to her cause she loves me unconditionally, you know, and, and I, and I take her, I listen to her advice. Now, whether you take it or not, you know, yeah. is up to you, you know, you got to weigh, weigh all the options, but if people don't fall in those three groups, um, I don't really spend too much time taking advice from them. Um, if pe and if people aren't positive and supportive of the dream and the mission that I'm on, I, I really honestly don't listen to them, you know? And you're talking to a guy that, you know, it's funny, when I, when I left Procter Gamble, I just won Marketer of the Year, Ad Age Marketer of the Year. Um, I was kind of winning a lot of accolades at the time. I, I was doing really well in my career. And I went all the way back to the bottom when I started when I started be somebody raising money, trying to raise money, trying to build a company. Nobody looked at me the same as when I was like this quote like big executive at these companies. I was the same guy with yeah. all the same experiences, but I was, you know, I was treated very differently, you know. And um and and what I realized is that, you know, that that's kind of that no matter what people were saying, you know, I, at the beginning, I started to, to, to kind of let it affect me. You know, when, sure. when, event, when, a, when an investor told me my idea wasn't good enough or someone said something else or a businessman said this or a neighbor said that. And I started to, to say, you know what? I'm going to protect my dream and protect my vision. I believe in it. And all I can control is how hard I work to make it happen. You know, yeah, absolutely. The, worst, the worst case scenario is... I put in all this work and it doesn't happen. But when I look back, I want to say that I, I want to know that I went for it because yeah. I believe I believe winning is going for it. And I don't want to have any regrets, you know, and and you're talking to someone that's been on national TV and I was on Shark Tank and it was edited reality TV at, yeah. with with big, big underlines. But 
there was a point in that show during the whole edit that I think is important because there was a time when Mark Cuban, you know, billionaire Mark Cuban told me, Cash, you, you know, your problem is you, you're so full up and believe in too much of your own crap or whatever, for lack of a better word, right? You're too, you're too into your own dream, basically is what he said. (laughs) And you know what? And I, and at first that actually bothered me. Yeah. But then I went on the drive home from that. I was like, you know what? Gosh, Mark Cuban is so right. I am. You know, I'm so, I believe so much in my own dream, you know? Yeah. And I've been saying things to people lately that kind of makes people look at me a little funny. I say, you know what? You know that phrase, like, you know, he's drunk the Kool-Aid or don't drink the Kool-Aid? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I always say, you you better be drinking your own Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. You know? You should be ch- you should be chugging your Kool Aid. You, <laughs> you know, like if you if you have a, a dream, if you don't believe in it, like if you don't believe in it with all of your heart and soul, there is no way it's gonna happen. Yeah. You know. So I would rather be the guy, the crazy guy that kind of believes in my dream more than anything. Then and, and and I'm comfortable with that. I'm happy with that because I think you have to be a little crazy. You got to be a little crazy about uh, your vision and your dream and what you're able to, what you want to do with it. Um, that's the only way that you keep going because everyone around you is going to tell you you can't do it, you can't do it, can't do it. And it it could be everyone who's a a stranger on the street. It could be a family member or it could be a billionaire, like I had someone tell me. Yeah. But but you know, but but so far, you know, I've been blessed because we've been proving these people wrong because we've been keep because we've kept going. You know? Absolutely. Um, well, you know, this has been just a gift to chat with you. I, I have one final question for you. As I had said before we started recording, the reason that I started doing this show was because while I feel like our schools do a lot of things to help our kids live efficiently, like teach econ and health and science and math, I think we don't help them to live deeply and meaningfully. We don't teach them self-love and resilience and grit and and entrepreneurialism and, and, and hope. And that's why I decided to call the show How to Be a Grown-Up. So I'd love to know right. the question that I ask all my interviewees. What does being a grown-up mean to you? Oh, great question. You know what? I, I would say the... The first step of being a grown-up is being selfish, and when I mean, but when, but when I say selfish, and there's three parts to being truly selfish, and the way, and the kind of the be somebody way of being selfish, it is self-awareness, self-love, and self-control, yeah. right? Because if you don't have those three selves that I call them, those three selves, you can't you can't be a grown-up. You can't, you know, you can't even start on your journey to wherever you want to go because you got to know yourself first, right? Self-awareness means, do you know who you are? Do you know, you know, what you're passionate about? Do you know your strengths? Do you know your opportunities? Do you know, you know, what makes you tick? Do you know what you've been through? Have you faced those things? You know, Um, have you come to terms with your mistakes? All those things, self-awareness, then self-love comes after that, after you know yourself, then you have to make the decision to love yourself. What does love your, loving yourself means? It means looking yourself in the mirror, going into that deep, dark cave you have inside of you, you know, looking at all your mistakes, all your regrets, 
all your, you know, those, those times you came up short, all the things you wish you changed or you wish you could change, all the things that, you know, wish turned out differently, you know, and looking them straight in the eye and, and deciding to change the things about yourself that you can and accept the things about yourself and your past that you can't change, yeah. you know, and loving yourself anyway, you know, it, once you decide to, once you do that, and it sounds so simple, but it's really the hardest thing to do. You know, it's so hard to, to get to know yourself and to love yourself. Um, but once you do that, then you finally give yourself a clean slate. It's almost like a, not even a clean slate. It's like a trampoline that you enable yourself to then bounce off of, right? Because yeah. then you, you know who you are. You love yourself no matter what. All the things you do, you forgive yourself for the things, the mistakes that you've made. You make a decision that day that you're going to do things differently, you know? And then the last part of that selfishness comes to self-control. And self-control means that's the discipline and the focus that you put on yourself in your life to stay in that lane of yours to go capture and chase and create whatever dream that you have. It means staying away from the negative influences, the negative relationships. It means, you know, saying no to things that take you off track. It means getting up every morning and putting in the work, you know, because you can't just sit and dream about it and put it on your whiteboard and, you know, look at Instagram pictures and, and, and you know, write motivational phrases. You got to get off your butt and do something. Um, and that's where the self-control comes in, you know. So yeah. to me, being an adult and, and being a grown up, sorry, is about, you know, going through those that that whole process of selfishness, of self-awareness, self-love and self-control. That is amazing and powerfully put. Um, ladies and gentlemen, check out Be Somebody, the world's platform for passion, uh, besomebody.com, Be Somebody blog on Twitter, uh, Be Somebody on Facebook, uh, Be Somebody blog.com. Uh, and anywhere else uh, w w would you like uh, people to check out online? No, that's great. Just search the Be Somebody hashtag and you should find us everywhere, hopefully. Awesome, my man. Hey, I'm going to wrap up here real quick, but would you mind hanging out for like 30 more seconds? Sure. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another wonderful, powerful, actionable, information-filled conversation here on How to Be a Grown-Up Podcast. Stick around, folks, because I've got a few takeaways for you. What a powerful conversation with just an amazing agent for positive change in this world. All right, here's my takeaways, ladies and gentlemen. One, you are a person of passions and talents that have never been seen before on this earth. So get out there and make your mark. Secondly, fight for your success because nobody's going to hand it to you. All right, ladies and gents, I've been Eric Andrus. You've been awesome. This has been the How to Be a Grown-Up Podcast. And until later this week, don't you dare forget, you've got a birthright to be happy, to be healthy, and to live powerfully extraordinary lives. You are seen, you are heard, and you are loved. All right, I'm out.